On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. You look at the comments underneath, and, and most comments are trash, right? But but there but there are some that are. But please let like, us know what you think. Talking. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do this. A swing and a belt. Well, field way back. Blue Jays win it. Hello, everybody. Welcome inside an all-new episode of the Tall Can Audio Podcast. Matt over here, Rob over there. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Tall Can Audio, Facebook.com slash Tall Can Audio. Subscribe wherever you're listening right now. Just do it. What's happening today, man? Yeah, don't even delay. Yeah, seriously. You just There's hit the-, the play button. It's still right yeah. there. Just hit it. Yeah, and we're not going to cover anything that that important that you can't take this moment. Seriously. To do it. Yeah. To do it. Uh, it's Mother's Day, Matt, as we're recording. So I've just got back from my mother's, which, as you know, she lives with my older brother, Mongo. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I find the whole thing stressful. As, as <laughs> well, you know my brother, right? It's, I, I'm familiar. And, and, and actually, this has nothing to do with him, but um, yeah, I didn't have a lot to say in it. I, I just reached out to my mother and said, hey, we're going to swing by, you know, one, one thirty ish, you know, I want to drop something off for you. We can have a little, uh, you know, distance outdoor coffee and, and, and hit it. Yeah. Well, other people decided to, uh, contact other people and say, is it all right if we bring the dog and the dogs can have a visit? And I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> this is, this is problems, right? That Jeff has a dog, right? Uh, this purebred shepherd. Fitz Riddick. Like, what a D-bag name. <laughs> uh, okay, but we can't blame Fitz for that. No, we certainly cannot, <laughs> right? But he's this jet black and black eyes, and he's spoiled like a single. They have no children, so thus the dog is their child. And Chuck. And he's a big dude, isn't he? He's a big dude. Yeah. 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 Big, big head, and it just he's long and sleek. Yeah, he's a handsome dog for sure. Yeah. Um, and they do say the ugliest people have the best looking children. I think that (laughs) 
take take from that what you will. Yeah, every listener currently scanning their <laughs> Rolodex of <laughs> and likewise, plus wondering how attractive they find their own children. <laughs> yeah, or themselves. So, really, yeah, well, that's what I, you know. Do I suddenly find my own child ugly to save my own ego? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Due to how good looking I am, clearly the child cannot be that good looking. Yeah. Anyways, my guy Chuck is a he's a he's a he's a He's a rescue dog. The listener's familiar with Chuck. Every now and then, there's a yeah, there's a noise or two big, there that I can't quite get out of the audio. <laughs> yeah, and, and he's got the big beefy bark too. He's yeah. a he's part. I don't know if he's he's got some Rottweiler, but he's more lab with maybe a bit of hound in there. I'm not entirely sure. He's not a small dog, but nope. he's he looks like the dog off the cover of Trouble at the Hen House. All right. Bam! That is Chuck. Yeah. Well, so the, the whole hour. Fitting. I suddenly like him a lot more, man. And he yeah. definitely looks like he's got some hound in him, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And the coloring, right? He's yeah. got that, that yeah. tan and black. Um, but anyways, it, the whole hour we're out there, neither one of the two wants to submit to the other dog. Okay. <laughs> so by the time we left, both dogs are covered in saliva and just, <laughs> yeah. And they're barking the whole time. And I'm like, holy fuck, this has been. The whole thing's very homoerotic. It's... Yeah. You know what? I, you go ahead and hump me, but just don't kiss me. Like, don't touch me. My... <laughs> this is fucking pretty woman. <laughs> yeah. Don't touch my face. There's a... <laughs> Whatever. Don't kiss me in the lips. Yeah. This is, this is it, right? That's far too intimate, which is weird, right? When you consider the whole thing. But sure. On a Mother's Day visit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And at the end of the day, I just, the whole thing is, it's not the, it's not the relaxing Mother's Day visit. It poured the whole way out there. Yes. So I'm, I'm feeling like, um, a beverage is in, is in need You're here. feeling today. I'm feeling it right now. Okay. Um, well, we should say happy Mother's Day. It's a little late by the time most of you are hearing it, but, uh, to any moms that for whatever reason, listen to this. God love you. Happy Mother's Day. And uh, thanks for all you do. For sure. And my mother had three sons who, you know, the woman is, how she's not in a rubber room somewhere. I, I, I wonder I often when I meet your, uh, your mother, who might be amongst the top five sweetest people I've ever met in my life, what exactly happened with her offspring? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, that's what everyone says. She's like, wow, look at that woman. She's smiley and sweet, and she's such a nice lady. She drinks. She drinks, ladies and gentlemen. She, we she all, drinks. We all have to a little bit. Um, I want to hit you with this. Oh, why don't you tell us what you're drinking first? I'm back to a uh, a semi-staple on this, on this show. I'm back to Brock Street. Okay. Yeah. I am drinking. Straight out of Whitby. Straight out of Whitby. Whitey. Uh, I'm drinking. Yeah. One of the, one of the top five per capita drunk driving places in the country. Yes. So, so I understand I'm drinking Blaine's black IPA. So Blaine know about this or no, I, I'm, you know, I'm sure he's good. With it. I got, I got, I got two of them. So uh, we're, we're good to go. Um, I've already cracked that. It's um, it has all that sort of, I always struggle with the with the black IPAs. What the, what that is? It sort of has. It's not a roasty. It's not a. It has a little of that coffee, but this is not as carbonated. Usually, you get a little bit of that snap from the carbonation. Yeah. This is this is not bad. And at six point five, the two of them are going to get me through the show, and I will be feeling 
No pain. Much better at the end. Yeah, well, and it's funny because I, I, I usually like to I like to have a pre-bev as I'm looking through some notes and stuff, stuff I want to talk about, stuff that we've discussed. And I got this little glass of, in this case, it's something from way in the back of, something that didn't get cleared out in the pandemic booze cupboard <laughs> clean out. Um, it's a okay, bottle okay. of- Clean out or drink out? Like Yep, yep, drink out, of okay. course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, last year I took down three bottles of tequila, a couple bottles of rum, right, as we're- yeah. Ah, let's get rid of that. And so you drink it. No, yeah. of course, man. Nah, that's the. Well, I was going to say, because we, a while ago, you've been up to the, uh, the old Robinson big family cottage we had there for a while. It had a gigantic liquor cabinet under the bar that ran most of the way across the living room, <laughs> uh, between the kitchen and, uh, and living room. And once my parents decided they were selling it, there was two long weekends left in the season. I think it was maybe August Oof. and Labor Day <laughs> or Labor Day and Thanksgiving. I can't remember, but either way, it was heavily encouraged. We're not moving this stuff. Let's yeah. let's get through it, right? You got some friends up, you got some family up. And so uh, my sisters, well, my brother-in-law, who you've heard tell of a time or two, and uh, I'm not going to rip on him tonight. He was the guy that was going through and going, all right, we have this and this and kind of Googling what can we make yeah. out of these. And and unfortunately, because he doesn't drink, once we all hit a certain point, he likes to go to bed at like nine o'clock. I'm like, all right, I've gotten you people here and I'm out here now. I don't need to see yeah. the damage or whatever. But for the last two long weekends of the year, there was sort of this cleaning out of this liquor cabinet. And God knows over the 20 years we'd been there, People had left orange this and peach yeah. that and whatever. And so we created all kinds of stuff, man. There was some late nights on those last couple weekends as we cleaned out the liquor cabinet. Well, and so we took down some, uh, you know, there's some Campari and some Martini and Rossi and some red <laughs> vermouth, right? And so you you go, what does that go? Oh, that's a Negroni, right? right? And you just you <laughs> sure. throw it all together and you're drinking it and you're like, woo, that's not bad. It's got a bit, it's got a bit of a... The Campari's got a bit of a grapefruit taste to it, Sounds right? Finished. You mix it in. Yeah, okay. And you know Straight what? Of the Finnish Elite League or something. Uh, well, the Campari, uh, not to be confused with Tempari. Uh, tem- or, Tempari. Yeah. And then uh and I'm trying to think what the what the big cheers in Japan is. It's uh oh. it's also it's also very similar. Com- uh, anyways, we don't need to get into that. I think Tempera um, is the Finnish hockey team that I'm thinking of. Tempera uh, as opposed to Temperi. Uh yeah. Temp uh, te- Okay. Let's, 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 Unless let's, there's some <laughs> fins out there, let's just knock it back yeah, down. On yeah, it. yeah. Tempura is a is also a type of battering you put mm, on, on, yeah. on stuff. No, it's true. So, anyways, it could be hey, any of just, these things, people. Yeah, and just to clean up too yeah. on 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 your show, you and Michaela were drinking, or Michaela was drinking. You want to go ahead and try it again from from Ridge Rock? I don't remember. Okay, you kept calling the. It was. It was. Sprokvik. Oh, the Sprokvik. Yes. Okay, Sprokvik. So, yeah. So you're going with more of a German. Mm-hmm. I mean, or or Russian. Sounds got that real sure. Sputnik thing. Yeah. Whereas this is it's, Norwegian. It's Kvik. I had a Kvik on maybe two weeks ago. Kvik. It's it's Kvik. Nope. Yeah. So not around gotta, here. It's not. Yeah. So it's it's Sprokvik. See, you got to go. It's a little softer, man. It's no. softer. But Allow that me to apologize stuff. temporarily to any of our Norwegian listeners if I've offended you, but it will always be a Sprokvik. Okay. 
Perfect. Anyways, that would, but we just had one of those like two weeks ago on the show. Hers, which was the Letvik yeah. or the Sprokvik. Like. I had the, I had the, this is this, mm. which was a Kvike. Okay. Anyways. And you had the, you had, what, how did you feel about that chocolate and orange? I didn't stick around for the entire show. Sorry about that. But um, yeah, that was a covered bridge that I brought you for your winter yeah. welcome. Yeah. There was two of them and uh, right. I'd had one uh, on the show several months ago and somehow one got pushed towards the back and I'm looking around for what I'm going to have on the show and I'm like, hmm, what's this one? What is, yeah. what is this big boy still sitting yeah, back it's here? Exa- it's exactly <laughs> <Hello>. right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, pulled it out. Enjoyed it, man. Um, the orange I found kind of just came out towards the end. The rest of it is like a real nice sort of, yeah. uh, obviously stout all the way through, but the orange was like this almost kind of at the very end, like this refreshing sort of citrus. You know, like, yeah, yeah. That, that's hitting just nice, right? That's well, just see, right. And I was talking when I picked those up, I, I'm not sure if I shared it with you when I handed it off to you or when, or on the show, but I was talking to one of the brewers at Covered Bridge when I picked those up, mm-hmm. and he was saying his wife likes to make shortbread cookies with some of that in it. Oh, really? And he was saying, bam, <laughs> gorgeous. <laughs> yes. So worth worth an effort. Yeah, for sure. Um, and a lot of the stuff out of Covered Bridge we've really enjoyed over the years. So uh, a worthwhile stop if you people are in the neighborhood. Uh, what do you got going on over there today, Matt? Well, I'm glad you asked, man. Um, this is out of Perth. This is their maple. Well, this says maple brown, but when you look it up, they have it kind of classified on uh, untapped. It's more of a red. So I haven't okay. tried this one before, but uh, it says in the description, you know, like uh, what could be more Canadian than this uh, maple syrup uh, brown? All right. I- You've got my attention, right? And I've had one or two of these before. There was another one called like the Lanark County Brown um, that I had not too long ago. And uh, so this one uh, I've never had before. I'm kind of hit and miss, if I'm being honest, about the Perth Brewing Company. Some of the stuff I really enjoy. Some of it is it's a little bland uh, often yeah. for my taste. But uh, I'm looking forward to trying this one because as we've kind of established throughout the winter, especially through the kind of five paddle pack that I had ordered there for a while. I don't mind the sweet stuff in there a little bit, right? And and we've talked about that a bunch of times, the the chocolate stouts and and these sorts of things. So this uh maple brown intrigued, man. Okay, we'll give it a go. And um I had something that you have just taken down on the show recently. I had a Ooh, maple uh, there is maple here. Okay. <laughs> no, you know I love that. Hit me. I do. Yeah. You're advertising it. Uh, Hit me. I, yeah. I do. I do know that. I like that. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, very mapley. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. I took down a uh, Lake of Bays Twilight Hour Coffee Stout. Oh yeah, I love that one. Yeah. Yesterday, and it was gorgeous. Yep. So, bunch of stuff happening there. Okay, so thumbs up to Perth then is what you're saying. Yep, this is a this is a uh, this is a winner for sure. Let me hit you with this and see if you think it's just coincidence or uh, if this was directed specifically at me. Uh, over the last couple of years, longtime listeners will note that I have 
enjoyed hanging a Toronto Maple Leafs oversized flag off the balcony of my condo building. Uh, my condo has a strict, no standing out policy, right? Nothing that makes your condo look different than the other one. They want it all to be very uniform. Homogenous. Yeah. And so I live here in, uh, in Western Ottawa. Luckily enough, my landlord, nope, superintendent, uh, here in this condo, I, I, I mix up which, what the hell the difference I, is. I own, I don't have a goddamn landlord. No, it was more the, he's not a, it's a superintendent, right? Not a yeah. landlord. If you're, anyway, yeah. it doesn't matter. Whatever. The guy who's in charge of keeping shit running on, straight on the rails here around this yeah. building. He's a Leaf fan. God love him. So over the last three years, I've had this big flag and I've hung it out on the, uh, on the balcony and it wasn't last summer where they played Columbus in the middle of the summer. Although I did put the flag up then too, but two years ago, uh, I had put the flag up for the, one of the seven game runs against Boston and I had the losses to Boston. Yes. They occur occasionally. (laughs) Um, I was down in his office to talk to him about something else. And he goes, I think you're going to start to get complaints about the flag on your balcony. And I said, aren't you the guy who runs that? And he goes, yeah, I, but I, (laughs) you're not getting it yet, but I can only hold it for so long. At some point I am going to have to bring it up. And then what happens will be up to you. And, uh. I kind of took it for what it was, right? He was sort of, he wasn't approving, but he wasn't yet giving me hell for it and, and, and God love him. And I think we asked on this show before, if it wasn't a leaf flag here in Ottawa would, you know, he was obviously catching some flack from other residents of the building. Um, would that have happened if it was a giant Senator's flag and they were in there and maybe it would, maybe it wouldn't have. So. On Wednesday of this past week, the entire building receives an email that says, don't forget, we want this front of the building to remain uniform. No flags, no, you know, overly aggressive gardens, no barbecues, nothing like that. I think the barbecue thing is a different bylaw across the city, but. For sure it is. Yeah. In general you know, don't be going crazy on your balconies. So let me ask you, as we are about 10 days away from the start of the playoffs, do you think, cause as we've walked by and I asked somebody else who was going by, I'm like, do you see anything out there? Anything that might be getting people upset? I don't notice anything. Is this, you know, just business as usual? Cause I've never ever received one of these emails before to the entire building. Or was this targeted at me specifically, despite it going to the whole building, knowing that the playoffs are a week away and I'm probably getting ready to hang that flag again. Can it be both, Matt? Okay. And I, I, cause you're I not think, normally a fence rider. Yeah. Uh, cause I think the timing is unmistakable. Yeah. Right. I, I'm with you on that, but you do live in a building that is, it's, it's a nice building, Yep. right? It's a, it's a, a nice seniors building here. and there's a lot of seniors <laughs> in it, right? That's the next place I was going. Yep. Um, and I think no matter what you had, if it was a sense flag, I think, 
And as somebody who my the first home I owned was in a was it was a, a t- it was in a town home, but it was it was condo, hmm. right? So yeah, they, they got big boners for keeping for everything, real. especially when they're seeing they do like for a lot of these people, the extent of their day is to go downstairs, check the mail, walk outside for a smoke, look at the building, make sure everything's perfect, and then yep. return to their sanctum. Yes. In 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 another in another life they were neighborhood watch. Right. Or or whatever it is. And so I, I firmly believe and because you are front facing in yours, yep. right? Where the back of the building sort of out into the into a parking yeah, lot and yeah. into the back of some grocery stores you are facing out in the front of the building. And I, I think no matter what you hung from there, yeah, you're going to get Joe and Betty blue hair <laughs> are going to get fired up. Whether As it's I have called uh, Mrs. Biddlesworth. I have no idea yes. who lives under me, but I've always referred to her as Mrs. Biddlesworth. <laughs> right. The reason that you don't have to heat your place. Because right. they, it's been 90 degrees. In there exactly. <laughs> since the last six years that yeah. you lived there. Yeah. So I, I think... The timing is is absolutely right, but I, I don't think it matters what you hang there. I think you're going to get, yeah, your pensioners up in arms. So last thing on this then, knowing that I also in the past have received sort of passive support from the guy in charge of maintaining this, is there any reason at all not to just still hang that fucking flag the day of game one? Your call. See, and I, I don't know what he means by his veiled, hey, I'm going to tell you, and then Because he hasn't happens. yet officially sent the email, which he did eventually in that Boston series. He did, right around game six, send an email to say, I, I think the flag has to come down. But this was like game, the day before game two, he told me, I think at some point you're going to hear about this. And it's funny when he goes, you're going to hear about this, he means from me but you're not yeah. yet officially hearing about it right like, well and see i am the i'm the gym rep for this for the, the the our work gym yeah and and so heavy any reps, bu- heavy reps yeah well big time <laughs> but I'm, I'm getting older i like to go with uh you know higher reps <laughs> yes yeah less weight um sure. but anybody who is a member has access to it technically anytime they're in the building right so there are posted hours saying, yeah, seven till five in the day. That's it. Yeah. And Saturdays, no Sundays, no after hours, because there's nobody in the building, right? They don't want you to you crush know, you your to, skull or something. Yeah. Or, or or you to fall off the treadmill or whatever right. it is. And so people always say to me, hey, well, uh, you know, hey, gym rep guy. And you sort of go, I tell them, hey, you can't go in there after hours, but I'm nodding my head, wink, right? Wink, wink. Yeah, I, I'm saying, and really at that point, if, if we're in a spot where there's nobody else around, I tell them, hey, I've told you no. Mm-hmm. You do your, you do your <laughs> thing. But, but, but as official rep guy, yeah. if you get caught. Sitting with his back to the gym. <laughs> I, I am going to tell you or tell anybody else, I told you, you yep. can't go in. Yep. But if you want to do it, man, you're a big boy or a big girl. Do your thing. Flag's going up, game one. Tell you that. Okay. See, there you go. <laughs> See, that's it. Rebel without a pause. And it's so, like you say, it's just the timing. I'm sure something has happened somewhere that this has become drawn to. It. Can, I, can I hit you with something else? I'm sure. Maybe this is time that this is his way of saying, Matt, I could use another case of beer. <laughs> so just... Uh, 
I guess it's been a bit. Right around Christmas, hit him with a bottle of whiskey that I know he likes. Um, uh-huh. You got to crease uh-huh. the wheels a little bit, right? And he's a good guy. Like the he he's to everybody around here, but to me, it's like he's he's been around a bunch of times. You can tap him on the shoulder, say, "What's the deal with this?" Or could you take a look at that? Or when are we getting? an answer on this or that or whatever. He's a really nice guy. And so over the last, however long you've been here, you leave a case of beer at his door or, uh, met him down in his office there around Christmas, handed him a bottle of whiskey and he'll kind of take a look at it. Mm, hey. And as, at the time I'm handing him the bottle of whiskey, there's at least two blue hairs walking into his office to leave him a, you know, this similar, yeah. but in cash, right. Or, or whatever. Oh, I'm going to say, how would a, how would a jello mold? <laughs> maybe, but, uh, and maybe he would have, you know, preferred cash. I, I don't know. But when he, he kind of looks at the bottle of whiskey and it's, you know, obviously got him some of the good shit and he's kind of going, mm, yeah, it's going to be a Merry Christmas. Right. And so you, you just kind of, you take care yeah. of things a little bit and he knows about the keg up here before the pandemic, he'd drop by every now and then just want to say, hello, how are things going? Oh, is there something on the keg? He'd come in for what a few got, minutes. What do, you, what do you got now, Matt? Right. And so he's a really good guy and, and all these things. And so he's doing his job. I don't want to put him in a, a rough spot or anything, but I choose to believe that, that email was just a coincidence. Had nothing to do no. with me. All right. Flag goes up. Game one. Looks like it's going to be Leafs and Habs, but uh, that's what we're going to do with that. But I wanted to ask you whether it was uh, a coincidence yeah, no. or uh, or whatever. So. I, I think it's a, it's it's not a coincidence. But I also don't think it's leaf specific. Okay, fair enough. Um, we got a few things that we're going to touch on here tonight. Why don't we start with? Oh man, there's a couple things going on. You wanted to talk about last week's, and it's been going on for a bit. The the under eighteen World Championships, Hockey Canada grabs another gold medal, uh, led by a couple of guys that, man, were they. <laughs> Were they bo- born by the time that Crosby-led World Junior team in 05 Grand Forks was um, some of the superstars on this team? No. Al- yeah, exactly. Already kind of, uh, what do they call it at Hockey Camp? Exceptional status. status. Yeah, when you, you're allowed to play underage in junior hockey. And this team was led by a couple of those guys. I'll be totally honest with you. I didn't have much of a chance to check out a lot of the games. I know you saw more of it than I did, but Canada grabs another gold medal led by these guys. Um, you know, what was sort of your takeaway from the tournament? Well, f- first and foremost, yeah, for sure. Connor Bedard, yeah. not born in that Grand Forks. <laughs> and, and Shane Wright is... Five. Yeah, Shane Wright is iffy, right? Yeah. Whether he, I had to go back he, and forth there with uh, with our buddy AJ Jackubeck the other day. He was talking about these kids, and he, I said, I, I'm just, I can't recognize players born after 2000. It's bad for my mental health, man. <laughs> like, it's yeah. just, well, not and, okay. he, and yeah, and, and AJ, you play by play guy for the 67. So yeah. I think you become immune to it, right? Sure. In it terms keeps of creeping up on you year by year, and you yeah, kinda, you keep getting older. <laughs> And they, they stay the same younger. age. Yeah, this is exactly hey, right. Hey, hey. Hey, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Red's a great color for me. Um, so it's um, yeah. It, it was it was super interesting and and worth noting. I I I was I was reached out to by our good friend Mick Ferris, friend of the show, and yeah, great Walter. Yeah, so he's saying to me, "Hey, Robbie, Robbie, <laughs> Robbie, did you know?" And I'm like, "I know, Mick. I didn't know." But yeah, they had three guys on that team. So Shane Wright, um, Othan, right? Who's another guy? I can't remember his first name. Mm-hmm. And and Brant and Brant Clark. Yeah. 
all played on that on the on the 2019 Don Mills Flyers team that went uh, together on this midget team. Wow. That went 71, 1 and 6, won, <laughs> won the OHL Cup. Uh one of the guys Schmidt from the American oh, that, team. They're also. from the GTHL, which we've talked yeah, about before. Yeah. Exactly. And so and, and so Mickey's saying to me, I just want you to know, Robbie, one of their ties came to the Brantford 99ers. That was <laughs> My team, our team right there. Just, just so you know, he's like a big shout out to the Brantford 99ers for tying that team. That a boy, Mickey. Yeah, well, that's a mix. He's like, I'm getting old and I need to grasp a glory <laughs> yeah. where I can, right? Like, I get it. And that's a guy who's accomplished a lot of things. Sure. But clearly, yeah, get into, a, get into a vintage where he needs to, you know, gr- grasp a hold of, of the, the smallest things. But yeah, so it was, it, you know, I, I was super impressed by... Yeah, the, the Bedard kid, especially, you know, uh, who was the youngest kid in the tournament. I think he was 15, isn't he? Well, sure. And they had a 16 year old for the Russians, Mishkov. Yeah. Who led the tournament in goal scoring. He's a 16. They're, they're both eligible for the same draft, not the Shane Wright draft, the one after it. Yeah. So, um, but Canada has not won this tournament since 2013. So it's a bit of an achievement, right? Well, this is what I wanted to ask you about. Is it? That- and only because, you know, we, we, there's two under 18 tournaments every year, right? And the Holinka Gretzky in this one. Yeah. And so this one always takes place around this time of year. And so no different than the world hockey championships where most countries, but especially Canada and U S and, and they don't send their top guys because they're still playing in the Stanley cup playoffs. Typically yep. at this version of the under 18s all of Canada's top players are still competing in their, you know, QMJ, O, and WHL playoffs, getting ready for the Memorial Cup. And so you're always down some guys, and so they don't often win this. And this year, almost everybody that was eligible was available, right? The the junior season being what it was, they kind of had the pick of the litter. Maybe we should have... Except for the Q guys. Yeah. Maybe we should have paid more attention to this tournament this year, knowing that that was the way this was going to go right all along. Even when there was some heavy debate happening while they were still wrestling like no more than a month ago with whether they were going to start the OHL up, what would be better for these guys to come back and play this kind of bubbled regional OHL mini season or whether they should go to the under 18s. And um, that, was wrestled with for a long time before the OHL season, obviously just under the weight of everything happening here in Ontario completely fell apart, but maybe we shouldn't be that surprised that this version of team Canada, you know, walked down there and, and did their thing. Did you get the sense that this was on the back of, you know, an enhanced roster or was this sort of more just these young phenoms and, you know, carrying yeah. the load? What what I got from it was, um, in games where Canada didn't blow teams out early, and I'm talking about they beat the they beat the Swedes twelve one yeah. and and ten two ten two came in the semis, but that ten two game was it was either one one or two one after one. Mm-hmm. The games that were close, including the gold medal game against the Russians. <laughs> <I'm> sorry, <laughs> yeah, but they it, the those those teams like the Swedes and the Russians in the semis and the finals. Yeah. Could ha- could hang with them for twenty minutes, forty minutes, but nobody could really hang with this team for the full sixty. You right. just saw whether it was the physicality, 
whether it was just the talent level alone. Yep. It was it was too much. And so I was interested because, you know, Shane Wright hasn't played a game in 14 months. Like yep. he he didn't go overseas. He didn't. Brant Clark went to Slovakia, I yep. believe. Yep. Some other guys have been around. But yeah, Shane Wright didn't play anywhere. And so you're like, how's that gonna go? So I was I was interested to see. Whereas yeah, Connor Bedard, the first ever exceptional status in the WHL. I think he was almost two points a game yeah. playing for the Regina Pats. He's a killer. Like <laughs> the goal he scored in the gold medal game where he he's on his forehand, he goes to his backhand and in the same motion, puts it top shelf past the Russian goalie with it with a Russian defenseman in front of him. It was it was odd. Like a, a backhand that really had more snap on it than my forehand would ever have. <laughs> right. At and 15, so, like these kids are just unbelievable yeah. at this point. Like, Yeah. And so, you know, when you start talking about, you know, beating Connor McDavid's record, anytime you're in a tournament or a situation where you are, you are beating McDavid or Ovechkin's yeah. records, yeah. right? Which they were both sort of falling. And then right in the middle is Tyson Yost. It's sort of a He's an interesting, joke. yeah, whatever. Let's not get bogged yeah. down there, but yeah. Yeah. Like um, Yoel Aramia. <laughs> I'm Joel in Winnipeg, but I'm UL in Montreal. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's it's I was just interested to see how it goes, and I found the whole thing kind of trippy when at the first part they're in Plano, Texas, just outside Dallas. Yeah, and they're playing in an arena that really probably could fit 50 people, whatever yeah. it is. And so the camera angles are it's too tight almost, right? You're sure. like, you're, you're right in with the players and you're like, holy man, you're trying to follow. Yeah, it's like it's, someone it's, on their iPhone right behind the glass, like trying to follow. Yeah, them. honestly. And as a kid who, as a guy who had two kids go through minor hockey and you got some douchebag dad filming everything his kid does, <laughs> right? And you're going and you're standing beside him saying, pass the puck, pass the puck. Yeah. He tell your kid to pass the puck, pass the puck. <laughs> when God, your kid watches this back, make sure he's listening to me. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So guy's shutting his camcorder off yeah. and leaving. I'm gonna go over. I'm gonna go over where that loud mouth is. And but yeah, that's exactly what it was like, right? It's, so to me, I, I found it a bit hard to watch at times because I it's it's I'm looking for the better angles. But it, I found you're right. It's it's probably shouldn't be surprising. I just right? wonder if it looks a little like the World Juniors in the years where the NHL is on lockout or whatever one of Gary's breaks. You mean like where we win silver medals like this year? Um, (laughs) but where you send these overloaded teams and, you know, maybe it, it shouldn't be surprising, I guess, if the, you know, this would be the next level down. And so if the level above you, the OHL, the dub are, are shut down and not really happening, all of a sudden you have a much better roster than you usually send. And so I just, what do you think of this whole exceptional status thing? Yeah. Well, and, and because there's only been now, I thought Gatineau had a kid this year. Now, this year, I mean the one that's technically just sure. finished. That's sort of the <laughs> I don't even know. Are we in 2021? Is that, is God, is man, it, I have no um, idea how this is all. So in this loose. In, in this 2020 2021 season, I I thought there was a guy who was supposed to be an underage, an exceptional status guy, but I'm not sure. Yeah. But other than that, the the Q was only ever had Joe Vlano. Yeah, he was an exceptional. Yep, Connor Connor Bedard is the first. Yes, uh, for the WHL, and clearly, uh, I wasn't following Bolano's uh, career, but 
clearly Bedard is is trending in that way as a as an absolute stud. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, looking at the Ontario guys, it's the, it says there's been five exceptional status players, which I was confused. There must be a certain point where they 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 stopped allowing fifteen year olds. Well, they stopped being exceptional. <laughs> yeah, well, see, because Spezza played as a, as a fifteen year old, but isn't included in the exceptional no. status guys. See, and this is it. There, there's. At some point, they changed the language because technically, if I'm not mistaken, John Tavares is the first yes. exceptional status OHL player. Correct. Yeah. Um, and so, which you was had go- great news for the Oshawa Generals when I was still hanging <laughs> around down there, and they had the uh, they were right there with the Tavares family pushing to make sure that rule happened, knowing they had the first overall pick that year. Yeah, and so Rico Fata also played as a 15 year old Kirk Muller played as a 15 year old, wow. right? Like the, yeah. So these are, there, there, there have been a pile of guys, yeah. but yeah, post Spezza it's so in, in the OHL, it's been Tavares Ekblad. Yep. So there's a couple of number one overall picks. Mm-hmm. So, so clearly deemed worthy of that number one. I mean, of that exceptional yeah, status lived up to it. Then you had uh, Connor McDavid. That's still to be determined whether that was surely sure, worthy or, or, or. We'll or, or, see how that pans out. <laughs> yeah, uh, clearly getting held up by, by Connor Brown and Erie at those points, right? Um, how long do I got to carry this? <laughs> Sean Sean Day. Yeah, who, I remember that he was going to be a big deal, man. So he's he has yet to make an NHL game. No, right? he's played in the East Coast. He's played. He's a defenseman. Played in. In the AHL, but yeah. um, and then of course, most recently Shane Wright, who mm-hmm. only scored thirty-eight goals, I think, as a fifteen-year-old in the <laughs> playing for a pretty shitty Kingston Frontenacs team, right? But yeah, it, it's really um, yeah, I, I, and I guess the things that they weigh is is not just can you play the game, it's it's your level of maturity, right? Can you handle this? Not just on the ice, but but off the ice, and 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 I really I was interested in your opinion because I don't watch a pile of I don't watch all the Leaf games. How about that? I, I certainly oh, you do. Should. Take, it's awesome. I do take in um, you know portions of of a lot of the games. Yep. I, I'm interested in in where you see Tavares at, right? Because Marner and Matthews take up so much oxygen, right? In yep. terms of of what happens there, and then you have the the enigma that is Willie Nylander, right? People love him. People hate him. People love him, right? He's like Oprah. He's fat. He's thin. He's fat. He's thin. What's happening there, right? <laughs> Did you hear? I'm going to let you finish. On Saturday night in the pregame show, they have a feature on this kid named Deccan. Were you watching that at all? No. So this kid has uh, muscular dystrophy, I think. And so it starts... You know, they're showing this energetic kid and how happy he is and everything, and it, it looks like a heartwarming story. And then they're showing the parents when they find out that he's been given this um, diagnosis that will see him, you know, by the time he's a teenager in a wheelchair and probably dead by the time he's in his 20s. And you're like, oh, right? Like, this is a... That's a downer. <laughs> right. And so anyway, his favorite player is is Willie, right? And obviously right now they can't do the stuff they normally do where they bring you yeah. into this and that. So they show this this FaceTime conversation and Willie's being crazy with him. He's asking him all these questions and then the kid starts asking Willie questions and he goes, <laughs> he asks Willie, 
what kind of pajamas do you wear? And Willie's like, ah, uh, <laughs> I just sleep in my underwear, right? Like, what? You, and maybe, maybe even that's being generous. I don't know. For what sure, it is, yeah. man. And then the second question is, uh, for people not familiar, the uh, the Leafs, um, mascot. His name's Carlton. It's just a big white stuffed bear, right? And and that's they used to play on Carlton Street. All this stuff. So the the kid, he's no more than four or five years old. He says to Willie, "How big are Carlton the Bear's farts?" <laughs> Willie's just <laughs> cracking up. <right? laughs> And so it does bring some levity towards the end of this rough story that they've yeah. told and, uh, and whatever. And, but it, it was cool to see, but anyway, for whatever reason, this enigmatic Willie, he seemed far yeah. more comfortable FaceTiming with this kid answering questions about Carlton the Bear's farts than answering any of Steve Simmons. Do you yeah. hate yourself questions in the press conference? Well, I can only imagine a bear that size would have monstrous. Yeah, pretty art. consistently yeah. large. Yeah. Well, as somebody who had a dog, yeah, I had a dog who who ate gophers all the time, and, <laughs> and he cut wicked farts and lie down by the wood stove and oh. just ham- and just oh, yeah, right out. into the heat. Eh? Good yeah, for, for you, sure. Uh, if, and Carlton the bear, if anybody's interested, just do a simple YouTube of. Carlton the Bear Leafs Christmas party where they have all the Leafs going by and Carlton jumps out at them and the one and Austin Matthews yes and Austin Matthews shrieks like Ned Flanders says this is purple drapes and it's just so we're checking out right everyone's going by on their phone and you're like <laughs> you're yeah. right no it's hilarious but so, as for that line and how it's gone this year there's no doubt it got off to a slow start. Um, Tavares over the last, I don't know, month, two months has been a point a game or better again, right? Like he's sort of ref. I don't know. I think there was some conversation and maybe it lets him off the hook a little. I, I, I don't know, but there was a lot of talk coming out of the coaching staff in the press conferences that Tavares was approached coming into this season that this team needs to be way better defensively and you're going to be the guy that yeah. that leads that charge, right? So I guess it sort of depends on your opinion of him and I'm sort of familiar with yours since he wears blue that it it's going to be on the lesser side of it. I don't I know. Lo- I loved I loved him as an Islander. Yes. Well, and as a world junior here in Ottawa. Yeah, for sure. But it, it, I do wonder, like, it, there's no question that it was a slow start for him. And he was also, though, ringing up like a 2% shooting percentage, which would have been like just devastatingly short of his career average. And it's sort of come back around to his average. And he's putting up, he's, I think, 18 points in his last 15 games or something like that. There's no doubt towards the end of that contract it's, it, it could become problematic. I don't know yet how prob it's going to be more problematic than they expected based on the flat cap for the next, however many years. But as far as this year goes, he's found his game again. I I'm not particularly worried about him at all. I, d- I don't know if this exceptional player status conversation was all to get to the season Tavares has had this year, but that's what no, you asked and, me. And <laughs> yeah, and, and really and really the two of them were just one was a segue into the other. And and I have no um 
Yeah, there is no axe to grind here on, on Tavares right now. I was really looking for a, a state of his game, not a, not a, oh, you know. <laughs> no, there was none of that, right? I, I was really more interested because everything else around him does take up so much more, yeah. m- more oxygen. Oh, yeah. Everybody's talking about Matthews and Mark. And that's the whole point, especially now with Matthews having become kind of this two-way guy. If you're good to start Austin Matthews, plus this new defensive third line that they're clearly hoping to run, you know, now having a Hyman and a Felino and a whatever they're going to do there in the defensive zone, they clearly now want Tavares, Nylander, and Galchenyuk to take almost exclusively offensive zone face-offs against like third pairs. And if that's what's going to happen, they're going to feast. Like that's, yeah. that's, you can, you can charge Matthews and Marner who have both taken huge strides defensively plus the Hyman Felino line and bury those guys defensively if you have to and know that the Matthews Marner line will still get out and the Hyman Felino line will, lim- uh, you know, limit any damage. If you can give Tavares Nylander exclusively offensive zone starts, you're going to be just fine. <laughs> Right, like, Sorry, and and I, and I forgot that Austin Matthews played there. I've been so preoccupied with Mitch Marner's mullet that it, it's gonna be lovely. The, uh, love the mullet trend that's uh, yeah. going around. I'm trying to French it up, dirt boy. <laughs> did you see the interview? <laughs> Obviously, you did. I, I did. And for guys who missed it, they said this all sort of started with the team watching Joe Dirt again. So, great movie, man. Oh, awesome. Of course it is. He's looking for things in the trash. He's just wandering around because his brain is exposed. Thinks he found a mullet. nuclear weapon and it turns out to be a septic tank. Yes. There's space duty <laughs> falling on. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Dirt boy. So anyways, yes, I, it's, it's, it's funny the things that preoccupy the media and, and whatnot. And yep. if it's, if it's if it's not you know Mitch Marner's mullet, it's the week before. It's it's Mark Shifley telling Brady Kachuk, "You're just like your fucking brother," <laughs> and you're like, "Who who cares?" I heard him say it. I heard him. I saw him mouth it, and you're like, "Yeah, all right. Who cares?" It's funny the things that the media gloms Seriously. onto, right? And you're yeah. like, "Do we? Are we all in grade six still? Is this what happens here? Do we have to let's move along and focus on, you know, like for the Leafs?" And, and the 40 goals that Matthews has got, yep. incre- incredible, right? 40 and 49. McDavid puts up his 153, 52, I don't know. 52. Yeah. 52. Incredible. <laughs> okay. And, and the thing is, you look at that and you go, yeah, 100 points. And, and so I watched after the Sens-Jets game last night, I watched into, into the, the I watched up of, to 100. I, well then, and then he made it nice and easy for me yeah. in the second period. Yeah. Bang! He's there's just running points. through it. We'll get that out of the way. <laughs> but 52 games, Gretzky did it in 50 or 52 as well. Yeah, Yager as well, somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah, Lemieux he's right tw- there with Lemieux and and like, Lemieux twice at 38 games. Yeah. What a freak! Well, and you're like, well, you almost forget how good he was, right? Like. I don't know, man. It, it, we we've had this conversation a bunch of times, but. The things that Gretzky did well versus like, I always come back to Lindros who played in a slightly, the, the it, things are starting to tighten up into that New Jersey thing, but he's yeah. a physical freak as he's putting up these goals and assists. But what Lemieux did in the early nineties. And then even when he came back, right? Like that half season he played, I, he came back right around Christmas, um, his first game was against the Leafs. He put up three or four points that three night. Three points. Yeah. And 
even then, like just a beast. He's he's winning scoring titles while he has cancer. I fucked it. Yeah. I I don't know, man. Like we forget sometimes just because of the big names and the 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 time away that Lemieux had and this and that, you kind of forget how dominant he was. And I don't know how you feel about this. I I sort of saw one tweet last night and it was just one guy that said, you know, Gretzky's the best player ever. Lemieux is the most talented player ever. Lindros is the most dominant player ever, right? Like what do these terms mean up against each other? But I don't have a huge, I don't know what those things mean, but when I see them, I'm like, yeah, I could get on side with that. Right. <laughs> like, Yeah. I, I think to me, it, the the two players and, and I've sort of come to it grudgingly really are probably Gretzky and Bobby Orr. Yeah. And, 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 and I, I include Bobby Orr in that only because when you look at older footage of him, he's like a 1990s player playing in 1970, yes. you know, like to me, he was so much more advanced physically and his skating was like, if you took a future player and put him backwards, like he, yeah. To me, he was so freakish in his talents compared to everybody else in the late 60s into the mid-70s. Whereas Gretzky, his numbers are so gaudy, and they really only become more gaudy when compared to other players in the same period. Yeah. When you go, yeah, I, I got scored 215 points, which is still I had more assists at 160 than anybody else had points. Right. Like it's a high scoring era and people could say, yeah, well, it's a high scoring era. Yeah. But I scored 25% more than anybody else in this high scoring era. And so yeah, I'm not the only one whose stats count in that fucking era. Right. Like yeah, yeah. I can only face who I was facing. Yeah. And so those are all, but Lemieux had the size. Now he wasn't physical. Yeah. You know what I mean? Lindros was never as um, silky smooth as, no. as Lemieux in the one-on-one game, but he had that, that he didn't size. have to, he would just run over you. <laughs> yeah. When I was talking about it last time, when he played in Alberville in 92, we, uh, I, I'm in OAC, I think, and they brought a TV in to watch the Alberville Olympics and he's playing as an 18 year old yeah. and he rattled some fin and they had to put a, <laughs> they had to put a screw back in the guy's helmet. Like it just bang, his head goes against the glass and you're like, man, that dude is 18 and he's playing against like, Thirty-year-old men, yeah. yeah, and you're just crushing guys, and and so he had that, and ultimately, you know, live by the sword, die by the sword. But yep. it's it's really just, and I don't know how we got here, but it's it, oh, uh, the McDavid, the McDavid, yeah, McDavid thing, yeah. hundred points. What does it mean? And, Where does it stand Matthews, up? Yeah, and 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 it's it's to me, it's it's amazing, it's incredible, right? And and I was listening to you referenced AJ Jackie back. He was talking about seeing Tavares, I believe, maybe as a sixteen-year-old. When he scored fifty, because mm-hmm. he didn't score fifty in his in his fifteen nope. year old season, but he did his second year. Yeah, and AJ was saying the sixty sevens were rolling into Windsor, but Tavares and the Generals were in there the night before, and yeah, Tavares was sitting on forty six goals, and AJ's like, I got to get in there because I got a feeling it's going to yeah, be tonight. It's like the horse knows the the barn is clear, is close, <laughs> you know, and you, and, and you do it, and yeah, he goes and sure as shit, bam. He got his four goals, got his 50 that night. Yeah. And it's it's like Gretzky's 50 goals in 39, right? He comes into game 39, five goals short of 50, but he scored five in that 39th game. Right. Do you have any sort of, 
when we look back on this, I guess these stats will all have asterisks on them regardless because it was only a 56-game season. But the NHL has played multiple 48-game seasons before, and those have asterisks too. But whoever wins the scoring title that year wins the scoring title that year, and it is what it is. Do you believe there's any reason that the divisional setup this year should put an asterisk on what's happened with either of these guys? No, because I, I, I'm not sure. There's been no records broken here. No. Right? So at the end of the day, you're like... No, it's only a one-year thing where other fan bases are crying that the North is weak. But 10 or 8 out of the 10 worst teams in the league this year are outside this division. So how bad is it? <laughs> right? Like... Yeah. The Senators no, no, I, are not the last place... Senators are last place in this division. They're not last uh, place in any of the other divisions. Matt, have you have you looked at the standings I'm today? I'm waiting to see as games even out. I know where Vancouver sits and where... It, but, but Ottawa's in fifth in the division right now. Okay. And, uh, yeah, they play Calgary tonight. We'll see what happens tomorrow. Yeah. But they're, they're six points up on the, on the Canucks. Now, granted, the Canucks have the six Canucks games. Play, yeah, buttload of games here down the street. But, but are they going to win any of them? Well, okay. Look, fair enough, man. I'm just, and you're right. I shouldn't have just thrown down the, but coming into this season, everyone believed yeah, yeah, the Senators sure. would be sure. the worst in this division. They wouldn't be the worst in any division. Um, yeah. agreed. Yeah. I, no, I just think as you look at this and that, you know, as McDavid has racked up his points, he was going to do this, I'm pretty sure, against the whole league. If you'd have had a normal season, he's just that good. The Matthews one, if you want to talk about goal scoring and, and the way that is, people keep talking about this being the weak division. Again, there are no stats to back that up. But people seem to forget that uh, Alex Ovechkin's best season was in that wicked south least right yeah just ringing up shit bird after shit Atlanta, bird. tampa yeah florida, florida carolina. carolina none of them were as good or were as good then as they are now so Any good right so you can only play who they put in front of you and i think well, as both, a matter of fact they called it the south least, the south division. least division right and so ovechkin full value for the comparable, I guess, is that he then had to move out of that division a bit or whatever, but he feasted on those fuckers. And there's just not any statistical evidence right now that says that this division is worse than, you know, one that has Buffalo, New Jersey, and Philly in it this yeah. year. Or- well, and Philly, I don't know how many times I, I've I've looked up and I've seen Philly, somebody's put up a, a you know, a converted touchdown on the Flyers <laughs> yes. this year. Well, the New York Rangers are about to miss the playoffs with the highest um, goal differential of any team that's ever missed the playoffs. And it's because in back-to-back games, they've put up like eight or nine. On the yeah, seven, 17 goals. And I can thank you, Carter Hart and yeah, Brian Elliott. Exactly. Preesh! Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you worked hard over the course of the whole 56-game season for that differential, but those two games alone, man, huge part of it. I just think it's incredible. Both those guys, uh, look, Connor McDavid is the MVP this year. I got no beef with that. Um, But at the same time, I don't know, Matt. Okay. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I know. (laughs) At the same time, Austin Matthews has had, like, he's on pace for like a 66 goal, you know, season over 82 games. 
also incredible. And I'm just not prepared to take it away from either one of them. And yeah. I don't know how much you hate fun if you have to keep tearing those out. This is, there's an account I love on Twitter. It's called, uh, I don't know where the name comes from. It's called at drag like pull. And <laughs> it says um, that uh, this uh, stating that the Leafs are only good because they're better than the teams they have to play this year isn't the insult you think it is, right? Like, if they're that's like that's like their Twitter handle. I'm confused by the yeah, whole. Well, thing. just yeah, <laughs> they're only better because they're playing teams worse than them. Mm, yeah, <laughs> then I guess yeah, they're good. That, that, that also works for you know almost Colorado every- or Vegas or whatever. And you're like, yeah. Did you see the Rob Rossi tweet today about the Penguins and that Crosby should be MVP, and if he's not, it's only because of an anti-Penguins bias? No. I guess because Malkin's missed some time and and whatever, but they've come on again, man feasted on three awful teams, and and he's like like and I still got Crosby in my top five. I think I'll be honest; I haven't watched much of the East Division this year, but he's at like sixty six points, and you've got him at MVP over one hundred point Connor McDavid. Well, come I, on, I, man. I, I, I think, okay, A, I think the Ross, he should pull his head out of his ass. Um, That's been set a time or two. Yeah. Sorry if you're going to be on the show here in the not too distant future. not. <laughs> okay. Um, the difference is, and there's a couple things going on here, is 100-point Connor McDavid gets to, on occasion, play with Leon Dreisaitl. Yeah. Right? Who, you know, they both put up a combined, I think, 48 points against Ottawa. So... <laughs> That that Jesus is pretty. Christ. That's pretty good. Um, the flip side is we know we've all watched the Penguins, and we know Malkin's best stretches of hockey are when Crosby's out, yeah. and Crosby's best stretches of hockey are coincidentally when Malkin's not in the lineup. I don't know why that is. Yeah, but it, you also need to look at. I think Crosby's playing with Rust and Gensel. Yep. The, to me, his running mates are not dry sidle, right? So it's, it's. I'm not making an argument. I'm not agreeing with Rossi. I'm just, I'm throwing it out there and talking about. I'm, I am shocked to look at the standings last night and go, or this morning and say, yeah, the Penguins aren't getting caught. They've clinched yep. tops in the East, and and I look at them as saying, hmm, them and the Bruins maybe are out. One of those two teams. Hmm. You know, the Flyers are taking one of their spots. I said that. Oh, I think we both had the Flyers in the playoffs this year. So Yeah, and, 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 and to me, I think maybe I had the Bruins out, but neither here nor there, right? But we didn't do an official prediction show no, this year. No, but we, yeah, we, just we, feeling. We did on. not, but I say a lot of shit. And that <laughs> that to me is right there is is one of those things where you go, Ah, oh, yeah, I didn't didn't see that happen. Right. Not in the least, right? Right. Yeah, it, it's interesting to me just in the sense that I think people have overstated this divisional thing and because the Penguins have been able to play Buffalo nine times this year and Ooh, New Jersey yeah, and, you know, a gong show Philadelphia. I, I just Well, and, and the Rangers went through a stretch where they were, where they were, as the kids say, dog water. <laughs> okay. I guess I don't know any kids. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know what? It, it's just, it's interesting. Um, I think Connor McDavid has, you know, with three or four points or whatever the hell it was on Saturday night, uh, you know, thrown down the gauntlet on 
MVP and there's just no, it's funny. I was talking to somebody on Twitter where you can follow us at talk and audio, um, on Saturday afternoon. And the discussion was that, you know, have the Leafs ever in their franchise history had the best player in the NHL? And the, the common consensus is no, like that's never been the case. And right now, Austin Matthews is probably as close as they've ever had it, or, you know, maybe they've had this situation before in the, where there's just that one guy that's just like, oh, you got no shot, right? Like this guy in any other year might be the best in the world. Not this year, right? It's just not this year. And as that's, a le- that's, I was just going to say, that's very Leaf-esque. Yeah. At the, at the time that we have somebody that maybe we could put up there, you go, oh, but oh, there's that other guy. Yeah, no, and that's it, right? So uh, we'll see. It looks like we're heading towards Leafs and Habs. That's not nailed down for sure, but uh, that'll be interesting to, to see. Um, one of the other things I think we wanted to get to tonight was a scene coming out of the weigh-ins for UFC Vegas 26. And, you know... For those who aren't familiar with the UFC or don't follow it that closely, you know, a day before the fight, everybody weighs in, make sure you're officially, you know, have made the weight that you're supposed to fight your, your fight in. But guys go through horrifying cuts, right? Where they just, they, they dehydrate themselves. They get as low as they possibly can to make the weigh in. And then you spend the next day just pound in the water and, and rehydrate and almost sort of trying to get as big and heavy as you can again in 24 hours. So we have seen people show up at these weigh-ins, not always looking great, right? It's hard to cut that much weight in the last week or so before your fight. And it sort of got taken to an extreme this week. And it, I wouldn't say it's unprecedented, but this is maybe the most documented time I can remember where there's been cameras, um, so Ryan Benoit, he's supposed to fight at flyweight. He comes out and he gets on the scale and he can't hold still. Like he's kind of wobbling, kind of waving around. And they, you know, if you're standing on one of these old school scales, it can't get your weight if you're like that. So they take him backstage. One of the UFC doctors takes a look at him and allows him to go out again and try one more time to get this weigh in. And as he's coming out, He's sort of being like guided and held up by one of his coaches and UFC securities behind him. And they managed to sort of get him upright enough on the scale to get his weight. And he's still three pounds overweight. So that's going to change everything anyway. But almost immediately after this weigh-in where this guy's clearly out of it, the the UFC or the uh, Nevada commission. State, yeah, a state athletic commission. Throws this out. So this fight's not happening. This has not been a, you know, a clean cut. He doesn't look good and and we don't want him fighting tomorrow. It's an embarrassing video. We will share it on our social media feeds if you want to get a look at it. But this has been a story for a while, man, how unhealthy it can be to cut weight like that. When you saw that video, what was your takeaway? It's disgusting, man. And, And he had to get helped off. Uh, really couldn't make it under his own power. And and if you read further into it, they were saying that when he tried to rehydrate backstage, he couldn't keep anything down. Yeah. Like at that point, you were coming dangerously close to renal failure, right? right? In, terms yeah. of, in terms of the balance of your 
of your sodium and everything else in your system. And, and it's super dangerous. And it, uh, and I'm, and I'm torn, right? If you look into this guy's background, he's got a 17 and 10 record ish, mm-hmm. but he's, he's three and five in the UFC. Yep. Like this is not a guy who is a title contender in any weight class. And he's fought at both flyweight, which is 125. Mm-hmm. He missed the 126 limit by three pounds. Yep. This is the second time he's missed the weight by three pounds. And in between that. And again, for non-MMA fan, that's a huge miss. Like, if you can't get within three pounds a year, that's a huge, like, imagine trying to lose three pounds in a day. Like, it's incredible. Yeah. Like, Well, yeah, but, yeah. It was and probably so, more like 10, but. Or, yeah. or, or even more. Yeah. But you were, so to me, this guy is not a flyweight. Right. He's not a 125 no. fighter, right? And but yet he's trying to reach that to stay away from the bantam weights, which is ten pounds heavier at yeah. one thirty-five. Yeah. So he's had two times that he's missed the one twenty-six upper limit of of the fly uh, of the fly weights, mm-hmm. and in between he's had a USADA United States, you know, anti-doping. Uh, anti-doping yeah, he's had a sanction against him for I believe it's Turinol, right? And so, uh, buddy, this is not for you. And right. if you can't compete at bantamweight. Pick a different, pick a different sport, man. Like I just or different division. Like okay, and well, again, for people who aren't following this, what you want to do is get as low as you can, so that when you bulk back up over the next twenty four hours, you're bigger than your opponent, right? That's the idea for those who aren't can. fight fans, right? Get as light as you can for the weigh in, and then bulk back up to your normal size, and hopefully have a weight or strength advantage against your opponent. That's the point yeah. of this. Yeah, and so. You know, guys like uh, George St. Pierre, yep. right, who would fight at 170. That's the welterweight limit. Mm, yep. That's a guy who's walking around between 193 and 198 right? in his street clothes day to day. But he is, when he has a fight four months out, he is dietarily getting close. And then there is a, a water loss in that last bit, right? Yeah, yeah. This, this, is, this is those who know what they're doing. It's very scientific, right? This isn't a just, hey man, let's let's try this out. Um, to me, this is. I'm not sure what this guy's camp is doing. I'm not sure what this guy is doing, but he is he's botching this a bunch of times. And well, he's clearly supposed it, to be a, a weight class up, right? Like right, like well, and you talked about three pounds. It's like Anthony Johnson coming in twelve pounds over the 185 <laughs> limit. Yeah. Like I didn't give a fuck. I ate a I ate a whopper <laughs> on the way over here, and I and I want you to know, Matt. I've cut weight for this show today, just so you know. Well, I we appreciate waiting. it, man. Yeah, trim. this audio only theater of the mind listener there. Well, took a, we, smash, took a smash before I got, came on air. Is really what it is. Well, this is one of the the great videos of the UFC this year. Was Israel Adesanya before he's facing Jan Blahovich, right? He, so he's moving up a weight class and. Blahovich has to come down to meet him, but Israel Adesanya is a, mi- uh, a middleweight going up to light heavyweight, so he didn't have to cut weight at all. He shows up to the weigh-in with a bo- like a with a pizza box in his hand. <laughs> he's eating yeah. a slice, stepping on the thing, whatever. Right? Like, yeah. So uh, hilarious, man! When you do this sort of thing, and and when it's set out like that, what do you think of this as a? Is this just one kind of big public, you know, spotlight on the problem? Or 
is this a, a greater issue that needs to be looked at by the UFC? Because it is dangerous to especially dehydrate yourself to that point. And you do spend the next 24 hours trying to rehydrate, but fighting and getting punched in the head and all that stuff is way more dangerous if you aren't properly rehydrated by fight time, right? Like your, yeah. your brain's bouncing around in your skull without that kind of nice little layer of, of fluid. fluid around it. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's interesting because uh, when I was out at my brother's today, I was asking him. So this is a guy who who's wrestled competitively. Yeah. Right. And so uh, he's talking about uh, wrestling at 193. Get I'm the like, fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. But he had to cut from 205. Yeah. Okay. And I'm like, he okay, hasn't two, seen that in our mark. On, in honest, honestly, <laughs> honestly, that's a, he's a full bill above that. Um, now, not so bad. I saw him today. He looks like he's around 270. All he's right. doing good. Sure. He's doing well. All right. Deck chairs off the Titanic, I say all the time. Um, but he was saying, so I asked him, knowing that we were going to talk about this, yeah. I, I asked him about cutting weight because honestly, I've 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 always played team sports. I've never had to cut weight for anything. Thank Christ. Right. Um, but yeah, he would say, Yeah, I could cut, I could cut 12 pounds in a day easy in water, right? Jesus. Um, but so also worth noting for for those of you, he's talking about being in high school, late 80s, 90. That's right about when they went from you had to weigh in a half an hour before wrestling yeah. or fighting, right? They used to do this day of, and then a half an hour from now, you got to go fight. Right. Um, because it was so dangerous, they've moved it 24 hours out. So, you know, people are allowed to take fluids back in. It, but it, it is does a also safe. encourage you to cut harder, right? A but, as far as you can. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, but so I asked, I asked Jeff about this and I'm like, well, wh what's your take on that as somebody who's who's had to do it. Right. And he said, I, I don't, if it's done properly, I don't want you to ban that and take that tool from me who knows how to do it properly. Right. I, I've, I've done it for years. I don't need somebody else to say, because I can't do it. You can't do it either. He's, he's saying it, it is on the off chance that that's a problem. That's your problem. So this is somebody who's done it. You know, we can all look at it and go, Oh, that shouldn't happen. But the reality is it's been happening for, for years. And, and I think the one or two, not maybe not one or two, yeah. but the minority, the yeah, minority oh, the over the majority. Minority. Yeah. I think, I think it's, it's, it's wrong. I think they need to do, you need to do better. Well, the other part of it that kind of comes to play is, you know, obviously the Nevada state athletic commission cancels this fight and Ryan Benoit's opponent, we, at time of recording don't know if he's going to lose his fight purse right like he trained three four months to come and have this fight somebody else fucks up and can't get there and now three months of my work's thrown out right like yeah well, sometimes my, it does and, affect and my other chance, people yeah and my chance at a fight of the night or uh yeah a bonus submission like of the night right so there is that the other thing and i, I wanted to run this past you because to me this seems like the most sensible solution to me. I, 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 it's certainly different than what Jeff thinks and, and he's, you know, done this for wrestling and whatever, but these guys, as you referenced earlier, are subject to USADA, the United States anti-doping association. You can't have any shit in your bloodstream. You have to piss in the cup like any other athlete training for the Olympics and they can come and knock on your door anytime they want to do that. It's completely random testing as long as you're in the pool. Hey, and if you haven't done that, 
I highly recommend it. If oh, you, don't you mind, feel so good about yourself. Right? Like, <laughs> if you don't mind people watching you pee. Yeah, it's completely uh, dehumanizing, right? Like <laughs> all these things. Um, but could you somehow, you know, in agreement with USADA, hey, when you're going to that guy's house, take a scale. And he, at no point, you pick the number, I don't know what it is, but if he consistently weighs in when you show up to drug test him at 195, he can never fight more than 10 pounds, pounds lighter than that, 12, 15 pounds. If this is your walk around weight, you don't get to cut to 145 or whatever. And maybe that sort of curtails this crazy, dangerous weight cut to, like you said, it is the minority, but these guys all do it and it is hard on the body and it is dangerous if you get in the octagon the next day, not properly rehydrated. Maybe you just say, hey, we visited your house three times in the last year and you walk around at 195, you don't get to fight later than 185. Uh, yeah, you know what? And it's, it's, I'm torn on that. And I'm torn on that because everybody is, everybody's different, right? You, you have guys who are leaner, naturally leaner guys, yeah. right? And, and so, uh, like Jeff and I were talking, both of us are, are, are heavy sweaters, right? Like it's, it, it's, it's, I can I could drop ten pounds in in water, like nothing, right? In terms of the retention, and I, I just think some guys run leaner and some guys don't, and yep. it, it's it, this isn't a one size fits all solution. And so, I think I think you would you would have a hard time coming up with a weight that is that's going to satisfy most people, right? Is it twenty pounds? Is it twenty five pounds? Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I think you would, you would have a real, like what, you know, I'm trying to think of, um, um, Durant, you know, the boxer who, man, he would go back to Panama or wherever he was. Right. And he would hit the beers, the rice and bean, like, <laughs> like nobody's business. Right. And he'd balloon up 50 pounds. Right. Right. And then get back to fighting at 162. And you're like, Hey man, I saw that guy at 215. <laughs> Like four months ago, and you, I, yeah. I just that may also be the minority, right? I I think since the seventies, yeah, that you have guys, but you still have these Benoits, right? Who who aren't, who are pushing the envelope We're not too far. Twenty five fighters. This is it. That's this small is it, man. Right? It's hard to get yeah. there if you're not already and, but, there. And, and and the reason he's not fighting a bantamweight is he's getting smashed a bantamweight. Yeah. He you know, is, as you said before, point. get down there, get as small as you can, and then try and bully somebody afterwards. Right. But you can't. And so that's the thing. Well, not if and, everybody's and it, doing it. Well, and, and, and it's funny because if you look in the, and you sent that article on and, and you look at the comments underneath and, and most comments are trash, right? <laughs> but, but there, but there are some that are. But please let like, us know what you think. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but if you're listening to this show, oh, you are a smarter fan. You we are understand. much more discerning. This is all I'm saying, right? But people people leaving comments like, "What up, bro?" Like, <laughs> Thanks for weighing in. Yeah, this is it. I I am so much better for that comment. Yeah. Um, but no, you do glean a couple of pieces of you know kernels of corn from yeah, the big lump of turd. Yep. So it's it is one of those things where you go, yeah, right. 
I can learn from that. But it, it is a sport, and it doesn't matter whether it's boxing, Olympic wrestling, mixed martial arts. This does almost promote or you know, ask you to do these things, right? Because it, it is so much more of a benefit for you to get just 10 more pounds, man. Just get there. I could be a, I could be a boss. At, and I'm sad to say, I'd probably have to fight at welterweight. I'm like, <laughs> looks, I'm touching. <laughs> uh, that looks like about, that looks like about a 60 pound cut right there. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it's, it, it does promote it. It almost, yeah, it, it, but it, 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 it's no different than your fitness models and your whatever that you're already at 122, just 10 more pounds. You're like, I don't have 10 more to give, right? But if I could just get there for one day and you almost picture like a balloon, right? And they, I could, oh, I could give up my business. Right, you'll reinflate. That's, a, that's at least 10 pounds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then they'll reinflate me tomorrow, right? Like, it, I, I just... I think you either one of two things has to happen. You have to regulate some sort of, you know, circle around your walk around weight, or you have to go to 48 hours before the fight and give that extra time to, if you have completely drained your head of all fluid and then walk in and let someone punch it, it's not a great idea. (laughs) See, I really think it comes down to, and I agree what you're saying and I don't have a better solution than you have, although I am going to propose one. Sweet. Um, so, so Here's I'm not my sm- worst idea. <laughs> yeah, I'm not smashing what you're offering up because you are bringing you are bringing some some suggestions. I'm thinking they have to find some physiological baselines that you have to meet on way in day. Right? My brain and, is still running. Well, the, the, this is it. One of them has to be I can stand upright yeah, on my own. I don't need I to don't, be carried to the scale. I, I don't need one of those Tokyo subway stuffers to hold me up from behind, right? I'm, 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 I'm you know, a little pole. Good in my, right. ah, I'm Getting up, the I'm subway, up. loser. Yeah. That's, you know, waking up after after bar closing going, hey, man, where am I? <laughs> one of those. But, but I'm saying you need to meet certain... And whether it's blood testing, yeah. whether it's all How much sorts of things left in your blood, this like is it, right? Yeah. And if you and if you don't meet certain standards at weigh in, bam, you don't get to weigh in, you don't get to fight. I, I think, just think your solution there risks a lot of business. That's all. Yeah, well, you're and, not and, finding and, out till the day before that your main event isn't getting right. in the ring tonight. And, and so, and we have seen areas where where guys haven't made weight and people are saying, why is he even bothering if you're four pounds over? Why? Are you? And, and, and so Amy Kaplan is saying, who was the person who tweeted out yeah. the video. Yeah. ESPN reporter. Yeah. She's saying, yeah, they're still making weight because sometimes these fights still happen at a catch weight. Yeah. I have to forfeit 20 or 40% yeah, part of my, of my weight. purse goes to that guy, but that guy still makes his wage. And yep. as you've said, for some of these guys who are further down the card, yeah, you're making 10 grand and you need it badly. You pour well, three months into this, four months. This is this. it. Yeah. And, and if you're only fighting three times a year, yeah, man, that's you need that payday and you cannot afford to lose that to that other guy. So I, I do understand that and it does happen, but there needs to be some contingency for that, right? You, you need to have, and whether that is, hey, we have the e bugs in hockey, right? <laughs> the emergency backup goalies. We go, hey, who who do we got here who is, you know, can hang around and be at weight on and you pay that guy a thousand bucks 
And if he has to fight, he gets that purse. I can't remember who it was. It was no more than a month or two ago. Um, maybe less than that. That <laughs> he was fighting. Fight lasts like four seconds. He's finding. Ah, uh, I know there's a card next weekend. If you need me, <laughs> call me. I'm already yeah. right. Like, yeah. Sometimes well, you train then, for six months. The other guy, that's Chris Lehman. Yeah. Well, whatever it might be, right? And I'll fight next week, man. What do you got? Guy just broke his leg on me. I'm okay. I'll fight next week if somebody needs me. So, yeah, because I'm fresh and I've just trained. Yeah. Anything else you wanted to get to on this one, man? No, I, I, I am, uh, I am interested in what's going to happen here moving forward in the NHL. Right? No, I, I have nothing more. But it's we are now down to crunch time, and well, we're into that final week that they had left, right, for makeup games and. Uh, yes, yeah, people wrapping things up. I looked at the East Division this morning, and Boston has two. Everyone else has one. Right, that's wrapping up. I know the Leafs. The Leafs have two more games left. I know they play yeah. Ottawa, Ottawa Wednesday and then Winnipeg Friday. And that's so, the last game in the Canadian division for teams who may still make it. I think after that, it's just Calgary, Vancouver playing each other. Right. Dunderheads, Hoopleheads. Who may just, just sort of- hold things up, right? Uh, how about Nashville, who in mid-March had a 2% chance of making the, making the playoffs? We've gone 19, 7, and 1 since then. Um, yeah. Suddenly decided, oh, right, we're good. <laughs> right, And so they, on Saturday night, eliminated uh, Dallas, last year's Dallas. Stanley Cup finalist. Um, well, see, I think we both saw Dallas not making it now. I didn't, again, I'll be honest. I, I thought they had a, just as good a shot at anybody else in that. Oh, uh, yeah, I know, but we, I think Tampa, we both Carol- I had Tampa and Carolina in that division as shoe ins. And then yep. Dallas right behind that is as close as anybody. Now I after the, their COVID outbreak to start the season and then like a blizzard that shut them down for another week or two after that, they've had a hellacious schedule and they got to be pissed knowing that the playoffs are being held up for another week anyway, while other teams finish games going, yeah. you couldn't have spread us out a little, yeah. a little thinner. Just, just, just cause we had our problem at the beginning of the right. season. So. We, all right. Well, we're not sure what's going to happen in the end. So underlay, underlay. Right. But they did have injury right issues uh, too. And, and Sagan, you know, that was a huge loss for them for most of the season. So I, I don't know. I, I just think, you know, Earlier on this year, you know, as you know, as recently as March, we were talking about Nashville being a team that the Leafs were hoping to, you know, pick pieces off the yeah the carcass of, and they held on to all their guys, and here they are making it. Now they're going to get just smashed by Carolina, I would assume. But um, well, is, it, is it is it Carol? Yeah, it's Carolina. Yeah, yeah sorry, Carolina. It's, it's, it's Tampa, Nashville, Tampa, and Florida. Tampa, Florida, Florida for Florida, the first yeah. time ever. Yeah, so um, I, I am. Just and just in in closing, it's yep. one of those things where you look at it and go. We, we talked last week about Calgary, you know, rebuilding, unloading, yeah. whatever, and and how it's not likely with Daryl Sutter, right? That you're mm-hmm. not bringing that guy in with two years, and then you start to look at it and you go, the best teams in the West, which will become the Pacific, yep, the skeleton of that, actually leave and go back to the central, right? You're looking at Minnesota, That's true. Colorado, and um, who am I going to say? Louis. Yeah. Right. They leave that division. And who are you left with? If, if you're Calgary, you're looking around going Edmonton, Vegas, and some also rants. Well, you're looking around going, fuck it, man. You got a sh- good a shot as anybody. <laughs> I'm still, I'm looking to add next year. Not rebuilding. Forget it. What are we doing here? 
One of, so, one of my favorite tweets I saw on Saturday night after the Leafs won to clinch the North was, the Leafs have clinched permanently the North Division title. Yeah. No one will ever take that from us. We think. No one will ever play that division again. It's probably ours forever. Uh, yep. Which, uh, hopefully isn't the only thing we're hanging our hopes yeah. on this year. Regular but. season, North Division champions. Just took it, man. Just took it. Yeah. <laughs> and soon to take it. Oh, we'll see. We'll get into that as we get closer. Yeah, Once sure the, uh, the matchups get locked down, uh, it does look like Toronto, Montreal, Edmonton, and Winnipeg in the north. But uh, once that's locked down, we'll, uh, we'll tee it up a little bit more. There's talk that, you know, the American teams have been told to prepare for playoffs as early as the 15th or 16th, as most of them are done. And the Canadian teams maybe on the 18th or 19th, but possibly as early as the 17th. I don't think they've decided yet what exactly to do with those Vancouver-Calgary games that don't appear they're going to mean anything. Do they want to be playing playoff games alongside, you know, games that mean nothing? Do you just scrap those? Do you wait it out? You know, Local no- broadcasting. Sure. For local fans only. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what that's all going to look like, but uh, we'll know that by the time we do this again next Sunday. Uh, next Friday, Michaela will return to the show as well. So um, lots going on, man. We'll have stuff to talk about. The Blue Jays... Uh, hanging tough as we, hanging around. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, bullpen falling apart as Delise and Phelps also go down. It's getting ugly, man, but, uh, we'll have tons of time to get to all of that. Um, we are on Twitter and Instagram at tall can audio, facebook.com slash tall can audio. Make sure if you didn't do it at the top of the show, when you were urged to, what's the problem? Honestly, for shame. Hit subscribe, hit follow, hit the thumbs up, whatever it is on your app, just hit it. And we will see you on the next episode of Talkin' Audio. See ya! I am unhappy with the confusing and at times confrontational nature of that meeting. I wanted it to go better. I wanted it to go better!